This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to Skaboom listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash skaboom. That's betterhelp.com slash skaboom. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. I distinctly remember the first time I ever heard the Body Snatchers. I had just purchased the Dance Craze LP, and while I immediately recognized songs by the specials, the beat, Madness, the Selector, and Bad Manners, I was surprised to hear a song by a band I was unfamiliar with. That song was Let's Do Rock Steady by the Body Snatchers, and it quickly became a personal favorite. Though the band was in its early days and still learning to play their instruments, their Dance Craze performance is notable for the charismatic stage presence and winning vocals of their lead singer Rhoda Dakar and the energy and enthusiasm of the entire band. Go watch the Dance Craze movie on YouTube and you'll see what I mean. The Body Snatchers were the brainchild of a self-taught bassist, Nikki Summers, who was looking to put an all-girl group together. She was inspired by punk, reggae, dub, Motown, Bluebeat, 50s R&B and Stax, and 60s girl groups as well as singers like Aretha Franklin and Nina Simone. Nikki had the idea for an all-girl ska band after seeing the specials perform at the Moonlight Club and the Hope and Anchor in London. Nikki had tried to join the Modettes, an up-and-coming all-female mod band, but that didn't work out. So she placed an ad in the music papers looking for quote-unquote rude girls. Within weeks, she had assembled a working band That included Penny Layton, a freelance illustrator on keyboards, fashion designer Sarah S.J. Owen on lead guitar, Jane Summers, no relation, on drums, a 17-year-old saxophonist named Miranda Joyce, and Stella Barker on rhythm guitar. Some of them knew how to play their instruments, others did not, but they learned together. The band was still missing a singer when Shane McGowan, later of the Pogues, introduced Nikki and wrote it to each other at a show in London. The speed and pace at which the Body Snatchers went from concept to reality and then on tour is astounding, given they were only together for a total of one year. But what a year it was. 
The band were offered several recording deals after just their second show, including an offer from Richard Branson to record at the Stax Studios in Memphis. But they decided instead to sign a deal with Two-Tone to record two singles and the opportunity to go on tour with the selector. For roughly a year, they toured around Britain and Ireland, supporting Madness, Toots and the Maytals, the Specials, and the Go-Go's. While the majority of their early material was covers of 60s ska and rocksteady classics, they had written a -a one-of-a-kind original song about sexual assault that they were performing live and that they wanted to record and release. It was a song that made everyone who heard it very uncomfortable. Hi, I'm Mark Wasserman. Welcome to Two-Tone Legacy, a special audio documentary series of the Skaboom podcast that focuses on telling the stories behind 10 songs that contribute to the enduring legacy of two-tone music and its ongoing impact on popular culture. Someone once said, The Boiler is a song that everyone really needs to hear at least once. After that, it's your call. The Boiler is a first-person narrative of a date-rape victim. The song is no less powerful and devastating today as it was when it was recorded more than 40 years ago. If you haven't heard The Boiler, it is a powerful and important piece of music. It is social commentary of the highest caliber that will doubtless disturb but hopefully inspire you. It is two-tone through and through. Nikki shared the origins of The Boiler in a blog post from 2017. Body Snatcher's songs came about with the music first. We would generally collaborate and jam on pieces of music where someone would have a few chords, bass line, or keyboard line. Rhoda would then be inspired by our musical output and put the lyrics to it. She would listen to us play in rehearsals and write while we played. We used to jam around a 1960s-sounding keyboard riff, and gradually this piece of music grew. I remember asking Rhoda to put lyrics to it. She came along to the next rehearsal and improvised over the music an experience of a rape. The song title was called this because the manager of Shane McGowan's band The Nips, a guy called Howard, used to refer to women as boilers. I think we were being ironic when we called the song that. When we played it, the audience reacted with stunned silence. They didn't even clap after we played it, but they were always transfixed by the song. When I interviewed Rhoda about the song for my blog a few years ago, she told me, I didn't know about writing songs, but I knew how to improvise. I had originally wanted to act and had worked in the theater on leaving school. Performing it live was acting, that's all. A friend had been raped a couple years earlier, and I suppose I was thinking of her at the time. juxtaposition of Rhoda's spoken word vocal with a bouncy ska groove is inspired. As the song progresses, we experience the perpetrator grooming his victim by putting her in debt to him and then disempowers her until he can commit his assault with impunity. And all the while, the band carries on as the song fades, 
oblivious to the victim's screams. Body Snatchers never officially recorded the Boiler as a group, which is a shame, considering the impact it would have had coming from an all-female band. The song only exists as a bootleg live version and from a John Peel session in early 1980. Have a listen to the Peel session version, which may be the most definitive take on the song. Oh, 
The Boiler was the first song the Body Snatchers wrote themselves. Jerry Dammers was so impressed by it that he wanted to produce it for the band, but pressure from Chrysalis Records management, who looked after the two-tone label, forced the Body Snatchers to record the more commercial Let's Do Rock Steady. Due to musical and some personal differences, the Body Snatchers disbanded after a year, and some members went on to form the Bell Stars. After the Body Snatchers split, Rhoda transitioned to the specials, just as their frontmen, Terry Hall, Linville Golding, and Neville Staples, were quitting to form the more commercial Fun Boy 3. Rhoda, who had sung some tunes on the more specials album, went on tour with the specials in 1981, more or less by accident, first as a guest, then as a permanent fixture. Not long after making the Ghost Town promo, the Boiler got added to their set list, and the specials played the Boiler on their North American tour. There are at least two bootleg versions of the Boiler live with the specials. These versions are slightly polished, but played in a fast and intense way so that it still sounds very different from the much more laid-back recorded version. According to Nikki, Jerry Dammers did a different treatment of the song, and I rewrote the bass line when we recorded it with Rhoda and the special AKA. I like both versions of the song. The Body Snatchers version was more of a 60s R&B thrash. It was powerful to play live. It is a challenging song for any audience. I think it is more powerful live than Dammers' version, which is manicured with production. For Jerry Dammers, the Boilers was about ideals and making a statement, not about making money. According to Paul Williams, author of You're Wondering Now, the specials from Conception to Reunion, Dammers is quoted as saying of the song, We paid a price for that career-wise. I thought that track was important. I never really considered the career implications of anything. It was a total fluke that the specials ever got as famous as they did. Paul Williams shared his memories of the song. Oof, where'd you start with uh, with, with uh, comments about the boiler? Um, as I've mentioned previously in, um, in many interviews and stuff like that, two-tone was very, very good, and that was its strength at pointing out injustices and, and, and highlighting facts that nobody else wanted to highlight at the time. And the boiler, for me, um, is probably the ultimate... Um, of of those types of songs that were related to two tone, it's the ultimate, wasn't it? You know, it was one thing. I, I like music um, to have a message, and I like sometimes I like music to make you squirm in your seat a little bit. And the boiler just does that to perfection. It's it's um, you know the message even back in nineteen eighty two was immense. You know, there wasn't much talk about it. There was a lot of violence to women in the United Kingdom, especially uh, around that time. We'd only just got over a few years previous to the Yorkshire Ripper murders of the of the sixteen women or thirteen women or whatever it was, and 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 it was prevalent. It was prevalent, you know, and uh, nobody was picking it up, and women were dismissed when they were going uh, going to report rape cases and things like that. So this was a massively brave move, and I think first. My first inklings about it were um, the the body snatch, obviously, uh, and I remember hearing it on um, when I got the bootleg for live to forks in the in the early eighties. We went to um, record fairs, and there you could buy cassettes of live gigs, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. And uh, and the boiler was on there, and um, it was it was I was like, wow, wow, this is strong. Written by all you know, written by all these girls and stuff like that. You know, it was um, really really strong. Um, 
And their version was just as eerie and just as made you feel uncomfortable. And that's that, that was fantastic. That was the thing about it. And it highlighted, of course, the violence against women uh, uh, to, to a great extent, you know, and, and pricked up a lot of people's ears to what was going on in the country at that time. Um, you know, the, the delivery as well. I think the delivery on the single, on the 1982 single, Roadrun Especially Ike, is... It sounds like she's really disinterested and stuff like that, but when she bursts into the screen at the end, it just... Oh, I remember having it full blast at home and my parents going, what on earth are you listening to? You know, and I'm t- I told my mum, listen to it, listen to the lyrics. You know, and my mum was like, mm, you know, just so then parents of that era and stuff like that. But um, obviously I think this, this single was um, released as well to sort of smooth over the breakup of the special as well because it came out just after the special split up really sort of six months later and it sort of continued in the same vein as Ghost Town just as the lunatics are taken of the asylum by the fun boy three did when they released their first single uh it was great that um Nicky Summers was on it um you know, Rhoda had already sort of joined the specials a little bit and she was on tour with them. And actually, the specials played it on tour live. That's right. Yes, they did. Um, they played it uh, in the, on the North American tour. I don't think they played it here in the UK, but definitely the North American tour. And it was literally 100 miles an hour when it was played live, literally 100 miles an hour. It was amazing. Rhoda did a cracking job, including all the screams, you know, uh, uh, live in concert. It was amazing. And what a brave thing to do as well. Brave, but uh, a just thing to do as well. But for me, <clears throat> I think that The Boiler is the ultimate two-tone protest song. It really, really is. Um, you know, it's got everything, you know. I mean, I remember there was a creepy little video to it, and the video was sort of, like, very bland with Rhoda sat at home, mixed with um, sort of footage from going in shops and stuff like that, and she was shopping and stuff like that. But the end, when 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 the violence takes place, is shots from different films and TV programmes in the United Kingdom, um, cop series, you know, of macho men firing guns, macho men gritting, smiling through gritty teeth, that sort of thing, you know. Um... It was very cleverly done, very cleverly done. I do believe that was done by a student at um, the uh, Lanchester Polytechnic in Coventry. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was very, uh, very, unis- sort of, you looked at it, it was a very uninspiring video. But I like, again, I like that. Such a serious topic, Matt, such a violent ending, such a eerie song. And the whole thing, the, the whole package, the whole package is, is, you know, the video, the delivery of the song, the sound of the song, the melody and the stuff, and the cover, you know, the cover of this sort of gone, staring, wide-eyed, you know, face and, and, and gives off, you know, and the shaky sort of lettering on the cover. It's 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 um, the whole complete package, and they, they captured it perfectly. I mean, it got to number 35 in the charts, which is an amazing thing, you know, in the long run, um, but that's not that was never to be its point. It was never to be a massive hit or whatever. This was Jerry Dammer standing up and saying, listen to this, you know, or, or the road of Dakar and the body snatchers saying, listen to this. The Boiler was released in January 1982 under the name Rhoda with a special AKA and received very little airplay on daytime radio, yet still reached number 35 in the UK pop charts which is pretty astounding. The song provided a powerful soundtrack to the discussion around sexual violence and the reactionary backlash to blame the women victims of male aggression. Nikki said of The Boiler, the song itself had to be written, played, and recorded. I am glad and proud to have been part of it. The song was ranked among the top 10 tracks of the year 
for 1982 by the enemy. If you or anyone you know has been a victim of sexual assault, please call the U.S. National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Legacy of Two-Tone. I want to thank my co-producer and engineer, Rob George, for making me sound good, and to Paul Williams for his contribution. My book, Skaboom, is available from DeWolf Publishing at DeWolf.com. That's D-I-W-U-L-F.com, as well as Amazon. Thanks for listening and take care.